You're listening to Boston Needs to Know on WBCA 102.9 FM, a show highlighting local Boston news. And I have the duty today to present you with a 30-day notice to, to quit. Yes, but it's not a rent issue. You have a no, this is a no fault eviction. You, you don't have to leave if you can pay another $500 per month. On February 13th, with the State House behind them, fifth grade students from the Boston Workers Circle Shul and youth from City Life Vita Urbana spoke out in dramatic fashion against the non-emergency evictions, foreclosures, and no-fault evictions presently forcing many people out of their homes in Massachusetts. The student-led protest highlights the need for immediate action for statewide protection for tenants, small landlords, and businesses at risk of losing their livelihoods. The effects of the pandemic have deepened economic and racial inequalities, and advocates say we cannot ignore this cycle anymore while it continues to have a devastating impact on our communities. Concerned groups are demanding a housing justice agenda to protect renters and small landlords from the immediate impact of the pandemic with the passage of the COVID-19 equity housing bill and lifting the ban on rent control. It's really frustrating and devastating when people are kicked out of their homes because everybody needs everybody needs space to be in their house and to cook, sleep, eat, eat ETC. And when the landlord comes to your house and is like, "We're just going to kick you out today. I need triple the rent," right? It's it's gonna, it's, it's really frustrating because you really you really need a space to be. And when you're just kicked out, it's like, "Where are you going to go next?" We're here today because we want to fight that and make sure everybody has a home and everybody has a place to be. It's upsetting that a landlord can just raise the rent whenever they want and as much as they want um, because sometimes, like a lot of the time, people can't even afford that and so they'll often lose their home and it's important that the government should, that the government can control that because um, it's really unfair that people who can't afford it like either they have to or they have to get kicked out of their house. I think it's really important that these kids understand, you know, they all have a home and they all understand why their home is so important to them, how it keeps them safe. They understand why it's especially important right now with COVID-19. And they need to understand and they do understand, um, you know, that our Jewish values teach us that it's important to fight for justice um, and that a piece of that is making sure that everybody has a home. When you're under eviction, it's very hard. It's very stressful to you, especially when you're in a place where you've called home for many years, a place you've grown in, a place where you've gotten to know your neighbors and to know that you have to leave that, leave that home for no fault of your own. It's very hurtful. It's very tragic, you know, to know that my mother and I have to split ways, you know, that my neighbors and I have to go separate ways. I believe that a community is a big part of existing. You know, when you have a great community with you, you grow as a person. So to know that I have to separate from that, not because I chose to, but because it's been chosen for me, it's, it's a heartbreak, man. It's very tough, you know. 
people who are facing this sort of displacement, especially during a public health crisis, it's inhumane, it's very cruel to evict families onto the streets because this puts their health at risk. And especially here, doing this skit with children, children are displaced not out of their homes, but also out of their schools if they have to move farther away. So this, the story doesn't end with the eviction notice and moving out. They now have to worry about where they're going to go live or whether they even have they have to choose between housing or food or utilities or something else. On February 14th, tenants and supporters of the Fairlawn Tenant Association in Mattapan marched to the on-site management office to drop off a building-wide petition demanding negotiations with management. Upon arrival at the office and despite attempts to get the people inside to talk to them, the door was not open to them. Organized long-term Fairlawn tenants have been without a lease for nearly three years and are now at risk of no-fault eviction as the DSF group has refused to open the door and negotiate for lease terms. The Fairlawn Tenant Association is trying to negotiate a long-term contract with an annual 2.5 increase for five years at Fairlawn Apartments, but are not getting a response from management. These actions are part of a shared struggle brought on by gentrification and a system that puts profits before people and causes displacement and chaos in many tenants, small landlords and business owners' lives. They won't sit down and talk with us to try and work out a fair increase, which again tells me that they're not interested in the community or being a part of the community. They just came to take from the community things that the community invested in. And I think that's so unfair. And they need to sit down with us and work out a fair rent increase with us so that uh, people have a home. We're still in a pandemic. And um, the bottom line is I have nowhere to go. I have been told that there are places with seven-year seven year wait lists, and that's just ridiculous for a senior citizen. And it's very stressful and it's very heartbreaking that they don't see human beings when they look at us. They just see dollar signs, and I think it's so wrong. The rents are being raised, and people can't afford it. Senior citizens are living here, and they're telling these senior citizens to, to go find shelter somewhere else, to go you know, basically just get out of here. And that's why we're here today, to try to help these families stay in their homes and fight back against these exorbitant rental increases. You have people here who want to fight, but they're scared to fight because they're scared of retaliation from the management company. The people that built this community and made it what it is, made the DSF want to come in here and buy it. And not only buy it, but buy it to push everybody out that built this community. And we just won't stand for it. The tenants are very frustrated here because for three years we're trying to get a fair, reasonable and affordable contract for everyone. The tenant association's been trying to negotiate that contract and ZSF with wind management has not be, have not been willing to sit down with the tenants. Today, we came with petitions to let them know that all the tenants here are in agreement and they're looking to negotiate. When management, the office, instead of opening the door and talk to us, not only did they lock the door, shut the lights, those lights off, they decided to call the police on this community. Of course, whenever there is concern, instead of coming to speak to the tenants, they decided to call the police on this black and brown community. It's shameful what they're doing, and we are asking them to stop with the nonsense and to really sit down and have a reasonable 
conversation with the tenancy. They deserve it because they're paying their rent on time every month. Why shouldn't they just get their rent taken from them and nothing else be given to them? We're out here today at Fairlawn Apartments protesting against DSF Group's practices of not meeting with the tenants. Um, we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to protect our working class families who live here. They shouldn't be displaced, they shouldn't be facing these egregious rent increases. And so it's up to all of us, elected officials, activists, residents, to stand together and say no and to, uh, and, and, and to support tenant organizing, to have the landlord come to the table and make sure that our families can stay here. On February 15th, Nubian Ascends was awarded $1.5 million as one of the three recipients of the MassWorks grants for economic and housing projects in Charlestown, Jamaica Plain, and Roxbury. The Nubian Ascends project will transform the Blair lot in Nubian Square into a cultural, entertainment, and artistic center that will celebrate the diversity of the neighborhood. It will also become a hub for the life sciences, academic and medical research, and training in these sectors, given its location in this key institutional area. A 340-car garage will be included in the project. 900 new permanent jobs will be created in Nubian Square, as well as many contract opportunities for minorities and women-owned businesses in this two-phase project. Nubian Ascends will be completed in approximately 24 months. Today we discussed the receipt of significant state funding for the Nubian Ascends project here in Nubian Square. And it is the, the continuation of a really important economic development story uh, for Nubian Square and the broader Roxbury community. We're right next door is the Boston Public School uh, Committee headquarters at the bowling building. That was an important catalyst several years ago. But now, you know, one block away, we're seeing a mixed-use development. It's, it's housing, it's life sciences, it's arts and cultural space, um, all coming together here on a parking lot. It's going to pay significant dividends for the people of, of Roxbury and, and Nubian Square, but it's also going to do it in a way that, that, that uh, allows for job creation and affordable housing creation and, and wealth creation. We're here at the Blair lot uh, where we're celebrating investments, uh, not just in Nubian Ascents, but in projects all across the city over in Bunker Hill, uh, the Mildred Haley uh, Apartments. Um, this particular project here on the Blair lot, Nubian Ascents, is really important, not just because of the affordable housing component, but because it's going to be a new cultural space uh, for people who live in Roxbury and who come to Nubian Square and enjoy all of the restaurants uh, and other uh, amenities that are here. So this is a really important investment the state is making, one and a half million dollars and a really big project that's going to invite so many people to the square, provide so many jobs, as well as create important partnerships with our Boston Public Schools to develop a pipeline for our students into the life science industry, which has immense opportunity for uh, life-changing careers. What this project means in terms of commercial space, lab space, artist space, uh, cultural space, culinary space, support for small business, it is a major, major investment. Uh, in this neighborhood. And, and there's so many aspects of the project I really like. Um, but one of them is the connection to the life sciences economy. Right? Life sciences is, is one of our most important sectors, maybe our most important sector in Massachusetts. And the idea that we're going to help grow that sector and make it more diverse and provide more opportunities for people to get into life sciences is really important work. A portion of this grant funding will go to Nubian Ascends. The, the project right here in Blair, planned for Blair Lot, where we are standing today, which will create a hub of economic opportunity, 
culture and arts, jobs with lab space, office space, affordable housing, and very importantly, in addition, a process that will make sure that wealth building and closing gaps in our communities is centered at every step of that process. So there will be more than 900 jobs created with what will happen on this lot right here. Jobs in construction that will meet, and I'm told exceed our Boston resident jobs policy standards. Jobs that will bring and create wealth. And we're very, very proud of the minority-led development team here with us today, uh, making sure that we are investing that wealth right back in our communities. And jobs that will connect arts, culture, science to residents right here in Roxbury. On February 17th, Mayor Michelle Wu met with local merchants on a walking tour of the Fairmount Avenue Retail Business District of Hyde Park. One of Wu's administration's priorities is to take City Hall out of the city and meet the people where they are, listening to the issues and concerns of local merchants and then bringing these issues back to City Hall, where these local merchants' concerns can be met head-on. Wu plans on meeting with local business owners often, because as members of their community, she says that if they do well and prosper, their community will be healthy and thrive as well. Wu contends that by working with the local merchants, it will help their prospects of achieving success in their businesses and will be playing a part in creating generational wealth for all residents and workers of Boston. Our business is already built to be like a one-on-one -on -one experience, a private experience. We just had to uh, advertise that to the customers that you, wasn't, you wouldn't be around a lot of people. It was more of a private setting. Um, shipping, distribution, everything has been disrupted. So you had to find new distributors. Uh, delivery times are longer. But as long as you keep providing a good service and a good product, your customer base will still stick with you. It means a lot that Mayor Wu is taking an interest in coming around to the businesses and seeing that we're okay. Um, it makes us feel like they care, the, the, the politicians, they care, the community cares. We're all about community here. All these businesses support each other, and the more light that we can bring to the businesses that have survived through this pandemic, the better. It's always good to have, um, you know, uh, people in the neighborhood come to your restaurant. Um, it makes it stronger, makes the community stronger. Um, and if we weren't here, I mean, it, it, would, it, would, it would just, you know, I think that it would hurt the neighborhood, it would denigrate, and uh, you know, anytime you have empty storefronts, and you know, we just keep on chugging along. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the neighborhood people realize that, and they try and support us as much as they can, and they've given us a lot of support over this past couple of years, and, and thank God for that. The small businesses are the heart of our community. They're the lifeblood of our local business districts. We know all the small business owners. Many of them are our neighbors. They live on our streets and in our neighborhoods and in our community, and they run businesses. Uh, so they provide such an important role. The local business district and the small business owners are part of the glue and fabric that hold our great community together. I've been proud to continue to get takeout and support our small businesses, uh, to go to the small businesses, uh, and we're going to continue to do that right here in our local community. It's so more important now than ever, the phrase shop local is so important and we have to make sure we continue to do that. Uh, continuing to make sure that we're investing our dollars right back into the community so they can survive.